Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Do you bleed green? Are you an ultimate Eagles football fan? Well, you're in the right place. Well, you're in the right place. <laughs> This is Birds 365, hosted by the new Mac and Mac, Jody McDonald and John McMullen. Here we go, here we go. Who collectively have covered and talked about more than 50 plus years of Eagles football. Kick off your day with Birds 365. You'll get debate. We love to argue. You'll get the real story from inside the locker room. And you'll hear from some of the great football minds from around the region. You're about to become an Eagles insider. Get in the game. Join Jody Mack and Johnny Mack. And join the football community that flocks to Birds 365. Birds 365 starts right now. Welcome to the NFL. Let's go! Let's go! Go! a good Monday morning, Eagle Nation. Well, what do you know? We get to talk about an upcoming Eagle game for two more weeks. Yes, you got your Mac and Mac guys here on Birds 365, and we will spend the next two weeks trying to help you guys get ready for Eagles Chiefs in Super Bowl 57 after a blowout win against the San Francisco 49ers. Two straight playoff blowout wins, as a matter of fact. Uh, And they're on to Super Bowl 57 in Glendale, Arizona. Uh, J-Mac, yesterday, both you and I thought the 49ers-Eagles game was going to be close, going to be competitive, come down to the 59th minute. Yeah, it was basically over when it's on. Yeah, sixth, uh, sixth offensive play of the game. Hey, by the way, is this just me? I, I got streaming starts in on the big screen. I see you in the green room, Jody. Am I having technical issues or is are you having the same technical issues? And let um, me know, Tone, but I'll continue. I'm seeing you just fine. Or you're not seeing me at all? or Well, I see you in the green room, in the screen, but my, my large screen in the studio says uh, streaming starts in, uh, in Birth 365, so maybe I'm having that problem. I see you in the green room. I hear you fine. Um, for some reason, so it, it seems to be on my end, so... When we get to the first break, I'll kind of click out and okay. try to get back right. in. But yeah, I just I'm, wanted to make sure. I'm um, seeing you just fine, Johnny. Mike, you look good yeah. after that 31 to 7 beat down to the 49ers. Yesterday. Yeah, it wasn't more, it, it, it wasn't as much as a game as a beat down. Uh, <laughs> coronation, uh, I, would, I would call it. Yeah, the, you know, the Eagles, we talked about it with the Giants. Kyle Shanahan makes the same mistake. I know that's dear to your heart, Jody. I asked Nick Sirianni about it 
after the game. 49ers won the coin toss. That's the best thing that happens to the Eagles when they lose the coin toss, which they rarely did in the regular season. So they go right down the field. They score. They had the big fourth down conversion. Now it seems like Devontae Smith didn't catch that football, but that's on the 49ers to not challenge that play. Um, so they're up 7 nothing, And then you say, all right, let's see what Brock Purdy can do. And, you know, he got two first downs, and you say, all right, maybe this is going to be a game. Maybe the kid's going to hold up. And I think it was the sixth offensive play for the 49ers. Just they're using a backup tight end for some reason to block Hassan Reddick. And he's just tearing off the edge, and, and Brock is – is not aware of what's coming toward him. And you have this play. And ultimately, to the naked eye and, and to the officials, we thought it was an incomplete pass. T.J. Edwards had a chance at, at an interception, didn't come up with it. Um, and, and then as you look at the replay, nope, Hassan got there uh, before. Strip sack, fumble, going the other way. And that's bad enough. You know, with the double positive, the Eagles ultimately didn't take advantage of that. But, you know, then we slowly start to realize, oh, Brock Purdy's not coming back in this game. And, yeah, from that point forward, it was over. It was over. It was – I joked about it on Twitter. It was the 49er – it was the Eagles versus Navy at at some point when Josh Johnson left the game with a concussion really beforehand – they were getting Christian McCaffrey ready to play quarterback, um, Jody. So, yeah, it was a disaster in every aspect for the San Francisco 49ers. And, you know, I also joke, the Eagles are the first team in history, according to some critics, that have made the Super Bowl without playing anybody. And I, 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 I've joked to the point, it's not that they haven't played anybody. It's they've turned somebodies into nobodies. And, you know, you can play in the hindsight game. You know, put up whatever you have. If I were a fan of this team, I would embrace. They turned somebodies into nobodies. This is the best team I've ever covered, Jody. I covered the 98 Vikings, which I think was the best team. Uh, the 2017 Eagles, which won the Super Bowl. This is better. This is this is the best team I've ever covered. This and is an this is a well-rounded machine of a team. Which we have two weeks to talk about leading up to the Super Bowl. We don't want to uh, lose our focus on what the most important thing is, which is the Kenzie Cheats in 13 days. But I do want to give props to the offseason that Howie Roseman has had to put together the best team that John McMullen has ever seen in your 20 plus years of covering the National Football League. That's uh, a major accomplishment into itself. Uh, we'll, 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 we've got all uh, two weeks to do that. Uh, we need to stick with the game. And yes, John, I was on CBS Sports uh, last night and got a couple of uh, calls, um, one of which was absolutely ludicrous about how poorly Jalen Hurts played yesterday. Excuse me? 31 to 7? He played poorly? Okay, fine. Uh, (laughs) That in a second. But the other one was about, as you pointed out, if the referees see the Devontae Smith drop, and yeah, there was a definitive angle and show the ball hit the ground. 
They didn't get to it on CBS for about two and a half minutes. The Eagles had already scored a touchdown by the time they showed the play that actually showed that he didn't quite catch the football. So there was no way that Shanahan or anybody else was catching it. It would have had to been a complete field call. And Devontae Smith kind of did signify by rushing his teammates up to the line. Yeah, you know, I really didn't catch the ball. So do you want to make that call? Use your challenge on what? The fifth play of the game? And if you get it wrong, it's done and over with. Um, I got a lot to call uh, Kyle Shanahan on the carpet for yesterday. That wasn't at the top of my list, that he should have known that Devontae Smith didn't catch the ball. No, the only one in the stadium who knew that Devontae Smith didn't catch the ball was Devontae Smith. That's it. He's the one person who knew. So in major 2020 hindsight, like minutes in a touchdown after, they go, oh, shoot, that ball actually hit the ground. <laughs> Nobody knew uh, except Devontae. So I won't cross Shanahan for that, but that was a major turning point. And if the official had been in the right position to see the ball hit the ground, fourth down play, 49ers get it back instead, things might have changed. If Brock Purdy doesn't hurt his elbow on the play that Hassan Reddick got there, beating that backup tight end. Yeah, there's a Shanahan question for you. How the hell do you design a play with a backup tight end trying to block the second-best pass rusher in the National Football League this year? What happened to his uh, his, uh, offensive genius, Mr. Shanahan? Well, then, yeah, the game could have gone differently. Here's the bottom line, Eagles fans. The better team won the football team game. The better team is advancing to the Super Bowl. The team that was the best in the NFC and the 49ers were damn good. But the best team in the NFC this year is where they're supposed to be in the Super Bowl against the Kansas City Chiefs. And we got a lot of angles to play on that one for the next two weeks as well. That's all that matters. If it might not have been a 30 to 7 beatdown domination, so what? The Eagles were going to win the football game yesterday because they were the better football team. And how it actually got to 31 to 7 becomes pretty damn irrelevant because the best team is representing the NFC. Yeah, I mean, you know, even I got that feeling pretty quickly, Jody. You know, when even before we knew Brock Purdy was hurt and wasn't coming back in the game, you got that feeling, oh, this is going to be really, really tough for San Francisco. Now, I don't think it would have been as bad as it turned out to be, obviously, if, if Purdy wasn't hurt, but they weren't going to win that football game. It was evident that early on. Um, my only criticism of Kyle, and I've criticized Kyle for years as, as a game manager, and you saw it with the three delay of games, um, you know, very similar to Mike McDaniel, except he's been coaching longer and should know better by this point but he gets bogged down in play calling and he's trying to figure out invented run plays because he can't throw the football. And I get all that, but ultimately, so what? Again, you, you either have to understand your job is bigger than play calling. I don't think he understands his job is bigger than play calling. Now on that bang, bang play with Devontae Smith, it's early in the game. So I get what you're saying, Jody, and it is complete hindsight. I'll, I, obviously, I'll yeah, did you that. think it was a non-catch? Did you um, question it? Other I had than, no idea. Other than Devontae getting up and like kind of signaling to everybody to hurry up. Did you have any idea that it wasn't a catch? I had no idea if it was a right. catch or not, because as you point out, the, the, the replays didn't show definitively. What I would have done is either called a timeout 
and let them look at it a little bit closer, taking some time, or throw him the challenge flag for the reason is he doesn't use his timeouts anyway. He's getting delay of games anyway, and it's a first-half timeout, which isn't as as important as a second-half timeout. So, yeah, I would have challenged the play, or I would have called timeout. So I do criticize him a little bit, but that's, you know, that's way down on the list of, of things that, that they lost this game over. Um, but yeah, I mean, in such a big game, yeah, and, and, and it's a bang-bang play, at the bare minimum, you want them to take a look at it uh, over a longer period of time. And as you pointed out, you should be alerted by the fact that Devontae Smith is trying to hurry up. Now, the Eagles play a lot of tempo anyway, so maybe he got sucked into that and the fact that the Eagles like to go fast. But, yeah, I think I think it's a legitimate criticism of the head coach of the 49ers. Um, it, it, you know, when once the quarterback leaves, it, it becomes, and I said this on the, on the Jacob postgame show with Seth and Derek and, and Mike, um, I didn't learn that much about the Eagles in this game because at that point it really wasn't a game. So when people say, well, Jalen Hurts didn't play well because he didn't have big numbers, Jody, they're just trying to get out of there. Exactly. Run the football, get out of there, win the game, get to the Super Bowl as healthy as possible. And by the way, they're as healthy as possible. And Kansas City looks really banged up uh, going into now you have the extra week and then, you know, guys are going to play and all that. But, you know, that's all they're trying to do. Everything's more from a statistic standpoint. So yep. I kind of throw the statistics out just that they dominated the football game. They turned a team that hadn't lost in three months into a nobody. They were a nobody. Yeah, I was joking. It was like watching Navy uh, play, play an NFL game. Bad luck that the quarterback got hurt. But guess what? Again, as you pointed out, don't have the backup tight end blocking. I didn't see, I didn't see Grant Calcaterra blocking uh, Nick Bosa. Right. I saw Lane Johnson blocking <laughs> Nick Bosa. <laughs> Come on, exactly right. And just a quickie: um, as long as we're beating Kyle Shanahan into the ground, easy pickings today. Um, yes, John uh, Josh Johnson comes in, a guy who's changed teams 13 times in his NFL career. There's a reason for that. Uh, he's not going to be rallying the 49ers to a victory. He ends up taking a hit and a concussion and going into the protocol. So they're forced to put Purdy back out there and a couple plays in. You really, He can't even throw the football. They're putting him back in knowing that he can't throw the football. So it was all over. But for the shouting, however, there's still a quarter left to play. It's the first snap of the fourth quarter. It's 21 to seven. Yeah, chances are you're not coming back. They're running it every single down. I even get that. You, you it's uh, pretty told you can't throw it more than two yards. So why would you call a pass play? I understand all the. They're going back into the huddle after every single play. Yeah, yeah. Well, They're taking you know. the full 35 seconds on every single play. Where is the sense of urgency? You've scored one touchdown in the first three quarters. You need three more to tie at 28 to seven. And you're going to take your sweet time about it. What the hell was that all about Shanahan? Yeah, I agree. 
Boy, I, I think this was, you know, when we talk about a lot of people are saying, you know, Hassan, because of the game Hassan Reddick had and, and Nick Bosa was shut out by Lane Johnson as the streak continues for Lane Johnson, the amazing streak uh, of not allowing a sack. Um, and, and people say it's disrespect that he's not finalist for defensive player of the year. You know, Nick Sirianni should be disrespected. Kyle Shanahan's a finalist for coach of the year. Yep. And you're right. I mean, you, you're in the NFC championship game. Like, yeah, I know the odds are ridiculously against you, but you gotta, you gotta try, you know, even to the point they were trying to get Christian McCaffrey ready. It looked like Christian McCaffrey was going to come in and play quarterback. Him at Walcott quarterback would have been a better way to go. Um, yeah, I, I did. I thought that was that was just an awful performance. Yeah, he did, he didn't throw the challenge flag on the uh, Devontae play. He should have thrown the I surrender flag at that point. If you're not even going to go into a, uh, a fast-paced offense, you're going to take your time between play. Yeah. Just well, that's beat, the thing, the Jody. to the airport. Get the hell home to San Francisco. Let the Eagles get on with the celebration. And if I ever, if I ever, you know, you know me with CEO coaches, I tell you all the time, that's the way I, that's the problem. If I were an owner, uh, yep. I, that's what I would hire is how I describe it. And um, if, if, if someone asked me why I might show him a tape of this game, because I, I, you know, you know why he had no sense of urgency because he's bogged down because the, the, the worst case scenario confronted him and he didn't have a real quarterback and he is bogged down and he's trying to think of what to do. And he's the head coach of the team. And he can't go and 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 tweak the play caller and say, I I look, look, I know we're in a bad situation, but we gotta try. We're in the NFC championship game. We gotta speed up. We gotta show that sense of urgency you're talking about. But he's the play caller and he's bogged down. Um, I would I would put on a tape of this game as to why I believe in CEO coaches. Would, would make the case, that's for damn sure, because uh, Kyle Shanahan was uh, outcoached circles around him by Nick Sirianni, who, as you correctly note, isn't the finalist for the award, but somehow Kyle Shanahan is. Uh, no, the playoffs have no relevancy when it comes to deciding coach of the year. It's purely a regular season award. But in case you ever needed a, a clarification as to the mistake you made, oh, you got it yesterday at Lincoln Financial Field where the Eagles severely outcoached the 49ers. All right, uh, we've got uh, another hour and 40 minutes to spend with you guys today. Uh, we've got two good guests coming, two guys who've been covering Eagles for a long time, much like Johnny Mack. Uh, Les Bowen, uh, a longtime Eagle Beat reporter, is going to jump on first. And then in hour number two, we'll get our guy, Chris Franklin, who has been uh, very good to us, jumping on every single Monday for the season, all season long. He'll have the Monday with two weeks lead up to the Super Bowl review show of yesterday's Eagles 31 to 7 win over the San Francisco 49ers. And it wasn't as close as the final score indicated. It was a beatdown of epic proportions. Yeah, some explanations and some reasons for it from a 49er standpoint. Uh, but it doesn't matter now because the Eagles had off to the Super Bowl for the second time in six years. See, John McMullen, I'm Jody McDonald. We are Mac and Mac. Les Bowen, our first guest, is up next here on Birds 365.
Eagles fans. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Ambrosio doesn't need a special event to appreciate his customers. Jeff shows his appreciation to them every day of the year. Jeff makes sure to stock more new inventory than anyone and guarantees prices and payments that nobody can beat. There are so many reasons that thousands of customers know Jeff is the easy, friendly place to do business. More for their trades. No judgment zone for credit issues. The best, most reliable service department in the country. That's why I like Jeff, and I know you will too. Jeff will satisfy you every day. Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown, Owner Appreciation Event. Weather forecasting is a team game. We rely on each other every day, updating the models and passing along new critical information. We have a team of five experienced meteorologists and a specialized weather producer, Paul. Say hi, Paul. Sometimes what I see in the model, Cecily could see something different. That's when we come together as a team to make our most accurate prediction. And all of this backed by more than 100 AccuWeather scientists. It's a team game. And we have the best team in town. Eagles fans, Tom Giordano from Pondley Hockey Giordano. Who's ready to get another one of these? But first, we got to take care of business and beat the 49ers this Sunday. Look, we know ticket prices are super expensive and really hard to get, so we're giving you an opportunity to win two free tickets to the NFC Championship game. So go to our Instagram right now for your chance to win two free tickets to the NFC Championship game this Sunday. And as always, thanks for watching the Pondley Hockey Post Game Show. Go Birds! Post game show with Seth Joyner. I knew that they had a running game. Derek Gunn. He has put in the effort. Devin Caney. Had we not won the Super Bowl, what would we be saying? And Mike Missanelli. Well, you know how Philly is. Post game, now streaming on the 6ABC family of apps. It is the Monday after the NFC Championship game. Victorious Eagles Birds 365 uh, recap and now lead up to the Super Bowl. Here to give us insight from yesterday's championship beatdown and a little peek ahead to the Kansas City Chiefs in 13 days is our buddy Les Bowen, longtime Eagle beat reporter. Les, it wasn't pretty yesterday. Or was it? Does it matter how the game actually went? Oh, we lost less already. Bang. Bang. Um, That's uh, quick. Hopefully we get that. Hopefully we get less back. But uh, yeah, where are we going with that, Jody? Uh, The fact that, does it matter? You and I are going to break this down. We're going to ask Les to help us out, break us down. 
There they is. were the better football team. Does it matter that it was 31 to 7? Does it matter if it was uh 28 27? Does it matter at all the margin of victory, or does it just come down less to the fact that the Eagles were the better football team and they're heading to the Super Bowl? And we should just leave it at that. Well, ultimately, we're gonna leave it at that because you know we're not gonna spend the next two weeks debating the final score. But I, I do think it would have been better. It'd been, better for everybody if the we'd been able to see the game we were expecting to see yesterday you know that if if they hadn't run out of quarterbacks if they'd at least been allowed to play josh johnson the whole game uh you know um it 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 was unfortunate uh there has been an awful lot of focus on it though uh and, and someone brought up last night the when the eagles lost carson wentz uh early what was it after two series into the Seattle yeah, yeah. Uh, playoff game and 500 year old Josh McCown, uh, you know, ended up not being able to score any points. Uh, nobody was like, Oh my God, Seattle, you know, uh, they had no business. Well, you know why less <laughs> yeah. because Josh finished the game. He tore his hamstring by the way. Yeah. And he finished the game. Now there's going to yeah. be, I imagine this isn't, 49ers 365 but you know I I imagine we're going to see what's wrong with Brock Purdy and if it's not significant uh there's going to be a lot of questions yeah I think there was a report last night John that it was ulnar ligament yeah so he might end up with like Tommy John surgery or something which is really awful yeah and from the you know it's, it's football is so weird I mean the first couple times you watch that replay, you're just looking to see if the ball is out before yeah. his hand is moving forward. Yeah. Then you're thinking, okay, he he hurt his wrist or something. And it took like I had after they said it was elbow, then I started looking at his elbow. I thought, oh yeah, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. But uh, it 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 wasn't like some vicious, uh, you know. Terrible. No, and that's the thing. It was a clean head, yeah. and, you know, that's just football. And yes. obviously, Josh Johnson comes in the game, gets a concussion in the third quarter, um, which, again, it was a clean hit. Uh, yep. It wasn't really anything um, that was um, questionable uh, from a And if the himself. spotter hadn't noticed it, they yeah. wouldn't have taken him out of the game. They wouldn't have shown a replay yeah. of it. I mean, it was just a guy going backwards with his head, yeah. you know. Yeah. which is one of the problems we have in football is good Lord. If that causes a concussion, you know, I, <laughs> there's gotta be a way to, to. Yeah. And I think there's going to be a lot of discussion over this game, you know, in playoff games less, we went through it last year with Kansas city Buffalo and everybody got upset because Josh Allen didn't get a chance to mm-hmm. have the ball in overtime and they changed the rules. Yeah. I think they might change the rules back to having that emergency quarterback. To yeah. not have this situation again. Do you yeah, think that makes that... sense to me. And, yeah. of course, teams have the ability right now to yeah, activate they can, three yeah. quarterbacks, but you have to go short on your special teams if you do that. Yeah, I would probably do that in playoff games because you really don't want to be in a situation where you don't have a quarterback. I mean, now, from the 49ers' yeah. standpoint, though, they already lost two quarterbacks. They were yeah. down to their third quarterback to begin with. Josh Johnson's number four. He was on the street until right. December. I don't even know if they have. A, I, I should have checked the practice squad. They might have one on the practice squad. 
So I like, assume they do because yeah. Garoppolo hasn't played in forever, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. And Jimmy, Jimmy wasn't ready. They claim he might have been ready for the Super Bowl to be potentially the backup, but it's well, a he bad would have had to play the Super Bowl probably if they'd have gotten yeah. there because you know Brock Purdy with if that is an older ligament, he wasn't going to play the Super Bowl. That's very true, and uh, but there was never any question. So that was the sixth offensive play of the game for San Francisco mm-hmm. when Hassan Reddick got what turned out to be the strip sack. From that point forward, it was pretty clear that it was more of a, a coronation than a game for the Eagles. So I, 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 you've heard this, I'm sure, less throughout the season, that the Eagles have beaten a bunch of nobodies. Yeah. They're the first team to get to the Super Bowl that has beaten nobody, according to some critics. Yeah. I've kind of changed my philosophy into what really happened is they're so good, they changed a bunch of somebodies into nobodies because they look like nobodies after the Eagles are done with them. That's a very, I I think you're right. I've thought about that as well, especially like somebody brought up uh, Tennessee last night. Well, who started Tennessee down the, down the slide from seven and two? I'm pretty sure it was the Eagles. Um, you know, it, that's just a stupid thing to say. If you look at their strength of schedule, uh, it, it holds up very well, uh, under the usual metrics, the metrics people are using to claim this are that, well, you know, they caught this team at a time when it wasn't playing well, or, you know, this guy was hurt or, you know, it, that goes both ways. They caught Arizona at a point where Arizona was actually a competitive team, which after Arizona lost Kyler Murray, it was not a competitive team. You know, they caught, uh, you know, uh, Detroit played one of its best games of the season against the Eagles, even though Detroit finished strong, Detroit played well against the Eagles. You know, I mean, it's not a good argument. They, They played a lot of winning teams. They played a better schedule than San Francisco did for the love of God. You know, I mean, it, it I no, it, that doesn't do much for me. Uh, <clears throat> the, the way the game went yesterday was dissatisfying, you know, because it wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't interesting or, yeah. or suspenseful. Navy showed up for the second time. Navy showed up uh, with the running game. They couldn't pass at all. Um, and this is the NFC championship game. So I'm with you. I said that on our post game show last night, Les, I was like, I didn't learn anything about the Eagles. I already knew the Eagles were a really good team, but this game was, you know, six plays into San Francisco's offensive day. The game was over. It was over. But from that point, all right, since uh, we're talking about the strength of schedule and who the Eagles played and the like, even though I know I'm running the risk of uh, getting Eagle Nation all upset and bothered. One thing that is legit and you're right, John, and let's both of you guys that the Eagles strength of schedule was that it was and John's turn of phrase of they made somebody's into nobody's is accurate and on point. There is one thing you have to at least look at and acknowledge. Patrick Mahomes is not only the best quarterback they're going to have faced mm-hmm. this year, he is far and away the best quarterback that they have faced oh, this yeah. year. Yeah. They've played good teams. They've played their schedule. 
They had to beat two playoff teams in their division, the Giants and the Cowboys. No other division in football had three teams make the playoffs like the NFC East. So uh, it isn't like the Eagles cakewalked into this Super Bowl. They played a legit tough schedule. But within that schedule, they haven't really faced a top-flight quarterback. And you define top-flight however you feel you need to. No one questions that Patrick Mahomes is just that. On one leg yesterday, he threw for over 300 yards and lifted the Kansas City Chiefs to a win another Super Bowl appearance. That's what the, the question is going to be coming into this game. Can they beat one of the two, three, four, five best quarterbacks in the National Football League? Because they haven't yet this year. They haven't had the chance. You can only beat them if you line up against them. But they haven't played a quarterback the magnitude of uh, Patrick Mahomes. And that is a legit point leading into the Super Bowl, is it not? Yeah, it certainly is. But I think along with that point is the other point, which is, it was a miracle that Patrick Mahomes won yesterday. If that guy hadn't shoved him out of bounds yeah. in midfield there. And by the way, there were like two holding calls on that play. They just yeah. didn't call. Um, yeah, I there think, are. But, you know, I'm not big on that so because you can kind of – holding is called very inconsistently in the NFL. It is. And but it, usually when you're in the open like that and, yeah. and you get your arms outside the framework, yeah. that's usually when the flag. But you out. have to really – I have to. I, I think if you just get your arm outside and it's up there for a second uh, and you don't really, like, yank the guy, I sometimes they don't call it. I don't know. But r- my point is, are we going to see the real Patrick Mahomes? Because we didn't see him last night, you know. Yeah. Uh, that was painful to watch at times. It was wonderful. I mean, he did, he made some amazing plays, but he wasn't Patrick Mahomes. He couldn't escape. He couldn't run. You know, it was, uh, it was a watered down version of Patrick Mahomes with no receivers right. <laughs> uh, let, by the end it, of the it, game. Less, are there, sure are there receivers going to play in two weeks? I'm Is sure Mahomes going to be sure able to he... walk without limping in two weeks? Les, I'm sure you know the numbers. 29 of 43, 326, two touchdowns, no interception. If that's the knockoff Patrick Mahomes, you yeah. better hope the Eagles don't get the real deal two weeks well, from yeah. now because it's pretty damn impressive as the knockoff Patrick Mahomes. Oh, absolutely. This is, what, three and four years they've been to the Super Bowl? I mean, yeah. this is almost the equivalent of the Patriots when the Eagles face them you know, in, not in terms of the number of Super Bowls that they've won or anything, but yeah. in terms of domination of the AFC, this is this is a team that's uh, you know established as the dominant team in the AFC. I think uh, you know over the last half decade since Mahomes got there, and uh, I, I think the only reason last I saw, and you guys might have updated information, the Eagles were very slight favorites. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's interesting. But I think it started out as a pick 'em, and then it went yeah. minus uh, one for Kansas City, and all of a sudden it it's like two minus two for the Eagles or two and a half. Now. I think that's the injuries. I think that's the receivers and Mahomes. You know, I think yeah. if everyone was healthy on Kansas City, I think Kansas City would certainly be favored. Yeah, yeah. but here's here's the way it went last week in the AFC Championship game. Bengals opened up the favorite is uh, because of the injuries and it's the week got on and uh, people yeah. got to see Patrick Mahomes walk all of a sudden Kansas City was right. a point and a half favorite went to well, two right before the game started why would you not think it would be the exact same this week 
Yeah. He's the most dominant player in football. He's the right. rightful MVP. Sorry, Eagles fans. He is different than everybody else. But guess what? You know, there's 45 guys that got to show up with Patrick right. Mahomes. And those 45, the Eagles are deeper. I've talked about it all year. They're more well-rounded. They're healthier, as Les points yeah. out. And the best-case scenario, you're you're facing the best quarterback, no question about it. But he's not healthy. He's got a right. high ankle sprain. And if you are going to face him, that's the best time to face him. At and least, I it, think the Eagles, as good as the Bengals' defense is, I really think the Eagles' pass rush is better. I mean, they had more sacks. Oh, uh, sure. I, yeah. I think he'll have more trouble. If he's not mobile, if he's not the, the you know, vintage Patrick Mahomes, I think he'll have a lot of trouble with the Eagles. But the Eagles' real advantage lies on the other side. They're not going to play nearly as good a defense as they played yesterday. And I don't think we've really – I don't think we really saw the real Jalen Hurts yesterday, no. frankly. Well, I, I don't think, think we needed still, to. <laughs> yeah, no, you know, because to. he doesn't really want to run – I think it's affecting everything about his game. And, you know, late in the game, you saw him break off some runs and give the offense some rhythm and stuff like that. And they need that. And I really hope with the two weeks that his shoulder, that he's confident enough in his shoulder that he's going to be, you know, real Jalen Hurts. And I don't think he was throwing it badly yesterday, but the receivers weren't getting separation. A.J. Brown did not look like A.J. Brown. No, he's banged up, too. Uh, so the two weeks will help him. And um, Hertz was not, you know, putting throws into tight windows and things like that, like we've seen him do. And we're going to need to see that in the Super Bowl. You know, yeah, they're not going to. You gonna... would think they would need to score more points in the right. Super Bowl. But I want to talk about one guy who, who wrecked the game, Les. And, you know. This has been, you know, you and I have been around this team for a while. You longer than me. You know Malcolm Jenkins as a free agent ac ac mm -hmm. acquisition. Brandon Brooks. Hassan Reddick, man. Yeah. 19 sacks, 19 and a half sacks in 19 games. Leads the league in, in, in force bumble strip sacks. He had a fumble recovery. One Josh Johnson, that was Hassan who jumped on the football, ultimately yeah. turned it 14-7 to 21-7. We talk about game records. Coaches always talk about game records. He wrecked that game. Yes, he wrecked he that game. Uh, it's only one season, but he's already one of the best free agent acquisitions in Howie Roseman's certainly stint yes. uh, as Eagles GM. Um, agree, disagree. Obviously, you already agreed, but oh yeah, I agree. I I just marvel at. I did a magazine story on Hassan uh, beginning of the season, and I kind of went over all the different inflection points of his career. What a bizarre career! This yeah, had. it's unparalleled. Yeah, you know he he wasn't a defensive end growing up. Uh, he wasn't very big. His mom decided to send him to. Haddon Heights to live with his dad to play to be in a better school system basically yeah. than Camden but Haddon Heights plays I live in Haddon Township uh, a few miles from Haddon Heights and the the level of football there one of my kids played briefly is is really low high school football I mean it's yeah. tiny yeah. 
tiny little guys, uh, you know, uh, very small schools. And, uh, you know, he, he got hurt in high school and didn't really play, walked on at Temple, uh, was kicked off the team. Then Matt Rule came in and just by happenstance, there was a family connection with Matt Rule and they got him back on the team and turned him into a pass rusher. So he becomes a first-round draft pick. So everything's great, except the Cardinals decide that he's way too small to be a pass rusher. So they yeah. make him an inside linebacker, and he's a bust. And they're going to – like, they decide not to pick up the option on his contract. And uh, some somebody got hurt. I can't remember now who it was. It was a guy who now plays for the Cardinals got hurt. And they had to let him try to be a pass rusher. And he blew up and got a – one-year contract with Carolina did very well there, but the team was a disaster. Matt rule got fired and here he is. And it's as strange a journey as you're ever going to come across, I think in the NFL. Yeah. And as, as well as you documented it less. And uh, yeah, it's a great story of a uh, homeboy coming home and, and becoming a star for his hometown team. Someone tried to talk the Eagles into signing him two years ago when he was coming out of Arizona. Yeah. And Dowie Roseman didn't listen to me that year. I was glad he listened to me this year and got it done because he is a stone cold game record. You're right about that. Um, all right. So they win 31 to seven. They're in position now to win another championships. We got two weeks build up. How much fun is it going to be Eagles versus Andy Reid? We thought that this was a possibility a couple of years ago. If the Eagles had gotten out ah, the 40, the, the Chiefs lost on their way to the Super Bowl. It's now actually happening. We don't have to debate whether we should or shouldn't root for Andy Reid because he's playing someone else other than the Eagles. No, he's playing the Eagles. So Eagle Nation will not be rooting for Andy Reid. We know that ahead of time. Um, but it should be a tremendous buildup to this game. And we'll see uh, how it plays out. I think Andy will be a great one to cover this week for guys on the beat who are out there uh, if they send them out to Kansas City and cover them. Um, how does how does Jeff Laurie get involved this week, Les? Does he play low profile? Is he going to be made available because he's the guy who hired Andy Reid and yeah. replaced Andy Reid? They still got Andy Reid players here on this team that he drafted. How is Reid Laurie going to play this week, you think? Well, that's a good question. We've never seen anything like this. Has always been my dream matchup. Yeah, and I'm glad this, we're talking man. about that. By the way, so Jeff, uh, Jeffrey, Jeffrey talked after the game in the locker yes. room. Less. Um, yeah, that's now the thing. we didn't know him, Kansas I, City won at that point. But I yeah. saw him interviewed on the field uh, on TV. Um, he's not one to be out no, there. I mean, not. I, I don't know how they're going to handle this. There are going to be a lot of requests. Yeah, uh, and there's so many. When we actually get to Super Bowl week and have the media extravaganza, you know, where everybody is supposed to be available, there's so many people. You know, I went through it last night on Twitter. You know, Brett Veach, the GM, uh, uh, Mark Donvan, the team president, uh, half the assistant coaches are guys that were here with Andy at one point or another. Yeah. Tom Melvin, uh, Steve Spagnolo. Uh, you know, it's it, it. There's like half a dozen of them, and it's. Uh, and there are people, you know, Nick Sirianni started out with the Chiefs in, the, yeah. in pro football. I mean, there's, it's, it's a fascinating, it's a wonderful matchup. And I'm really beside myself that I'm not going to get to cover it, frankly. But, uh, you know, it's, uh, Andy is, uh, 
it, it almost seems like destiny because he's such a big part of Eagles history in the, in the 20th, 21st century. Uh, it, it's, uh, it's just, I maintain less. I maintain that everything good about this organization, and this is now one of the best organizations in the NFL stems from Andy Reid. Yeah. For people that don't realize that. And you can talk about this better than me. Cause you were there when Andy was here, their whole philosophy yeah. Build on the uh, uh, up front, offensive, defensive line. All of it. The way they do business all directly correlates back to Andy Reid and his arrival in yeah. 1999. And just the sense of professionalism and dignity and, uh, you know, unflappability that the, the organization has acquired. It really wasn't that way when Ray Rhodes no. and and Rich Cotite and, and Buddy were, were running around. You know, it was a very different vibe you got from the Eagles. Sirianni is very different from Andy Reid in his demeanor, but yeah. it's still, you still have that. You're, you're not going to see a lot of real uh, bizarre posturings from Novacare or, you know, uh, impulsive moves. or th- The organization has taken on that sort of, uh, steady, calm sort of uh, atmosphere uh, since Andy, you know, Andy's 14 years. I mean, that's a, such a long time. Yeah. You know, you know how he, about this, Les? I'm going to throw this at you. Uh, Andy, obviously, is the all-time winningest coach in Eagles history. If he wins the Super Bowl, he will become the all-time winningest coach in Kansas City history. He will tie the yeah. record there. So, yeah. How about that for setting up for a storyline? And we're not even getting to the Kelsey brothers, by the way. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I think Andy's all-time top five NFL coaches. Yeah, Uh, no question. Certainly. No question. Um, You know, and it'll be interesting to see how this goes here because normally the Eagles aren't in the Super Bowl, obviously, when when Andy is. So and everybody's all like, boy, I hope Andy wins, blah, blah, blah. But now it's going to be Andy against the Eagles. And I think you're going to see some of the old pettiness seep oh, out. Oh, yeah. You know, from it already, people it's who were, started. Yeah. you know, obviously yeah. everything didn't go great. You know, they had all those frustrating near misses when Andy was yeah. here. And I think you're going to see more talk of that than we've had in recent years. I think that was all kind of dead and buried when the Eagles won a Super Bowl and then when Andy won a Super Bowl, but you're going to see all that resurrected. Oh yeah. yeah. You know, back up again, completely unnecessary, but you're right. It's going to happen less. Let me ask you a legitimate 13 days in advance matchup between the chiefs and Eagles question. And most times when I ask questions, I've got a, at least a grasp of what I think the answer is going to be. On this one, I got no clue. And I've been contemplating it for a long time, and I still got no clue. Let's see if Les Bowen can fill in the blanks for me. Travis Kelsey, all apologies to Goddard and Kittle and whoever else you want to Mm -hmm. put in the mix, is the best receiving tight end in football, bar none. It's not even close. It's not even a conversation. And yet every single game, he seems to be wide open on five, six, seven, eight plays. 
Now you look at that Kansas City roster, and Marquez Valdez Scanling made a couple of big plays yesterday, and Mahomes makes players better around him. Um, but Travis Kelsey just seems to be wide open all the time. You know he's their best option. I know he's their best option. Every team that plays him should know he's their best option in the passing game. Yet I feel I could complete passes to Travis Kelsey. He gets that wide open. How the hell does that happen? And well, what is Jonathan Gannon going to do about it? First, I, I will say down the stretch yesterday, last night, that was not the case. When all the wide receivers were hurt, they put like three people on Travis Kelsey and Mahomes was not able to find him. But you're right. I mean, from the beginning of the game, you're focusing on Travis Kelsey. I think one thing, he's, I'm not a big X and O guy, but I think he's very, very strong off the line of scrimmage. He'll just shuck a, a defender, you know, and get him behind him or get him on his – if he's going inside, he'll, you know, get the guy outside of him. Uh, he, he's very great with his breaks. He can – he's almost like a basketball forward. He can post up, you know. He makes himself available. I don't know. He doesn't run. I mean, he runs very, very well, especially for a tight end, but he doesn't like just run away from these people. He bodies them. He elbows them. He kind of edge. He's very good at just positioning and, and knowing, and they don't, he and Mahomes have played together so much that they break off the routes. Like, uh, you know, there was one big catch they showed on, on a replay last night where he was just, he had run his normal route. It wasn't working, and he just improvised, and Mahomes found him, you know. And at that point, the defender's like, wait a minute, I was covering him. What, where's he, what's he doing now? You know, there's a lot of that in their offense. Uh, it's, it's a, he's, he's huge, he's strong, he's fast, and he's so smart. And I think that's the real added ingredient. He's just, you know, both the Kelsey brothers, if you've ever listened to their podcasts or, or listened to them, you know, these are really intelligent people, especially football intelligence. And I think that's a huge part of his dominance. Yeah. And, and what a great matchup. Donna Kelsey, uh, the first yeah. mother of brothers to play in the Super Bowl at Les Bowen. You know, I was thinking about this. I'll end it here from my perspective with you, Les. Um, it, 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 you know, I, we talked a little bit about Andy and I'm with you. This is this is one of the five greatest coaches ever, Andy Reid. But he never got over the hump in Philadelphia. Doug Peterson, right. who's a very good coach, did. Nick Sirianni now has an opportunity. He's a very good coach. But they got a ways to go before they're going to catch up to Andy Reid, even with Super Bowl championships. In the, in the we all don't know anything category. That's part of it. Then I was thinking about this. You know, if you think about the Eagles' recent success, Les, the two backups for the yeah. guy who the Eagles thought was going to be the guy for a yeah. decade plus, one of them won a Super Bowl, Nick Bowles. The other one, Jalen Hurts, is got a chance to win a Super Bowl. This is amazing. What it really is the Philadelphia Eagles. It's almost like Carson Wentz is cursed or something. I don't know. <laughs> at this point, looking at his career, you know, I mean, he brings it on himself to a large degree, but yeah. it's, it's just, he can't, it's just unbelievable what's happened uh, around him. And you're right. I, I, I'd give anything to know what he's thinking, you know, uh, wherever he is uh, with Jalen Hurts going to the Super Bowl this morning. Uh, it's just astounding. 
and no one ever envisioned this. You'll you'll see a lot of uh, revised history. Oh yeah, you see it you already. Know, but yeah. we both know they wanted a cheap backup quarterback yeah. who was capable, more capable than Josh McCown. Yeah. And they thought, hey, second round, we can get this guy. You know, he's probably not ever going to be our our number one, but he, rookie contract. You know, he can go out there and run around and throw some passes and. We'll be better off than we were with Josh McCown for much By less By the way, money. did you see Jalen at his post-game press conference? He kind of alluded to yeah. the Eagles. Oh, I'm sure he considers yeah. that a slight, you know, yeah. deep down inside. Those yeah. are the things that athletes use to motivate them. Yeah. But, yeah, they they made it clear. You know, anybody who remembers the atmosphere two years ago, even when Nick Sirianni was hired, the idea, at the, I mentioned this on Twitter and some people pushed back on me, but the idea at that moment was he was going to help Carson Wentz get back in the groove. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and it wasn't until Carson said, no, 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 I don't want anything to do with this, that yeah. the focus truly shifted long term to Jalen Hurts. It wasn't those games he played at the end of the, the 2020 season. They were sort of OK. And they said, yeah, he did some nice things. Good kid. Very you know, happy, happy he did that, but they were not going to go with, no, they were going to have no. a competition maybe, yeah. but they were not sold on Jalen Hurts. They weren't sold on Jalen Hurts at the end of last season, as we no. all know. You no, know. no, people pretend the Eagles want you to forget. They were right. trying to convince Russell Wilson, hey, would you consider coming here to Sean Watson? And they made sure they had two first round picks again this yep. year. Yep. They, they maneuvered to make that the case just in case they needed to go out and get a quarterback. Yep. Yeah. And the funny thing about it is, as you alluded to Howie being the man in the middle. Uh, yes. He was the guy who brought in Nick Foles to be there just in case. And, Oh mm -hmm. shoot, we need Nick. How about winning us a Super Bowl? He does. Uh, yeah. He's the guy who used the second round draft pick on a less expensive backup as a safety net, just in case. Oh, guess what? Jalen Hurts can win them a Super Bowl as well. Genius, Howie Roseman. Except in the middle, he gave Carson Wentz a franchise quarterback contract. So I don't know how much credit we can give Howie. There's yeah. a whole bunch of credit we can give Howie. The genius of having the backup quarterback uh, advance to uh, Super Bowl winning championship quarterback. There's a little luck involved in that. I think we oh, yeah. go there. Um, all right, last, last one for me. Arizona, mm -hmm. 13 days from now. Eagles taking it on the road. They went out there this year and won a game. Thank God the Eagles off-the-street kicker was better than the Cardinals yes, off-the-street exactly. kicker. Uh, Dicker banged it home, whereas Amendola missed wide right, or it could have been a overtime game against uh, the Cardinals. On that field, fast surface advantage, either of the two teams. We'll find out what Mahomes' uh, foot is like. I don't think mm -hmm. it's going to be an issue because if it was an issue yesterday, all he did was uh, <laughs> win the game for them. So does the placing of this year's Super Bowl in Arizona have an advantage for either of the two teams will be competing in the game? Well, the Eagles have the better pass rush somewhat. So I think maybe them, but I don't know. I mean, it'll help. If you're right, if Mahomes is Mahomes, it'll help him as well, the fast surface. Yeah. You know, he'll be able to cut and and dig and things like that. Uh, maybe a little bit to the Eagles. Oh, the Eagles don't have a great history in that building. No, uh, they don't. They broke uh, the big streak is, this year, but they didn't play well. 
They no, they didn't. It was one of their worst games games. of the season, yeah. really. Yeah. Um, play well. So that I think about that, but I, I just think this will be a good game. And I think you'll see – you won't see anything like yesterday. I think you'll see points scored because I don't think this Kansas City defense is anywhere close to what the Eagles saw yesterday. Uh, it has some good players on it who can, you know, get the ball and make plays uh, for you uh, defensively. But it doesn't have nearly the wall-to-wall strength that the 49ers had. I think the Eagles ought to be able to score points, but I'm afraid of – you know, the, the Chiefs scoring points every drive. You know? uh, I think that's a possibility here, too. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it might be a lot like Super Bowl 52. Who knows? Uh, yeah. 41 to 33. Speaking of, Jonathan Gannon was fired up less after that yeah. win, giving up 14 points in the postseason. Right. I don't think they're going to score every time. I mean, this is yeah. a good defense. They gave up one, defense. I think it was 0.9 more yards per game than the 49ers. That's yeah. how close they were. One, two. This is a good defense. Really yeah, when is. the game was competitive yesterday, I thought even Josh Johnson was able to complete passes underneath on like Kazir White uh, yeah. and, and things like that. But, you know, you're not going to. That's the modern NFL, though. I yeah, mean, I everybody's going to be able to move yeah. the ball a little bit. Um, and that Pacheco is going to break some tackles and, and gain some yards. He's a really a, a tremendous little uh, running back. But, uh, yeah, I, it'll be a great matchup. I think it'll be an even matchup. And I think, uh, boy, it's it's such an era in the Eagles' history right now yeah, to, yeah. to be talking about two Super Bowls in five years. Uh, yeah. Nick Bowles and Jalen Hurts. We all saw it coming. All yeah, of yeah. us. Right. Yeah. Les, we appreciate you jumping in with us, getting us off on the right foot for the two-week lead-up to the Super Bowl. Thanks for getting up early with us today. We'll talk to you again soon, brother. Thank Thanks, you very Les. much, guys. Take appreciate care. Appreciate it. Les Bowen, longtime Eagle Beat reporter here with us. Hey, Jody, here. I want to give you the exact quote from Jalen Hurts. Uh, my first year probably didn't even want me here. It was probably one of those things, but it always handles itself. Now, the Eagles added the annotation because they transcribed the quarterback and the head coach jokingly. He was not joking. <laughs> he was not joking. Uh, they're trying to spin that. It was interesting because uh, Jalen typically is very guarded, very, you know. So for people who say, you know, a lot of people like to go back to my history and say, you know, point out things. I'm the first to raise my hand. I didn't think he'd ever turn into what he's turned into. Um, and they think, oh, that motivates, that kind of stuff motivates Jalen Hurts. I think more more so, he doesn't give a rat's you-know-what, what I think. He, he, he gives, you know, I think that kind of stuff motivates him more than what reporters like me and media well, said two years ago when the Eagles – my point is I've always said to fans who, who criticize reporters, not just me, but other reporters, your own team was looking to replace them. That's where the chip on the shoulder comes from. Your favorite team is going to the Super Bowl was looking to replace them. Right. Jokingly or not, uh, Jalen's quote, I think is inaccurate. The Eagles used a second-round draft pick on him. Shoot. 
uh, here, Birds 365 didn't exist yet, but surely it was on WIP. What the hell is Howie Roseman doing? Why the hell would we need to waste the second round pick on Jalen Hurts? We have our court. We've got Carson. We've got other holes to that. Why the hell are they taking a quarterback in the second round? Oh, no, Jalen, they used the second round pick because they thought you could help the team. As a backup, there were no visions of you taking them to the Super Bowl in year three dancing in their head, but they wanted you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply to say they might not have even wanted. And of course they wanted you. They used the second round pick on you. Yeah, but from his perspective, Jody, it's a lot different. Like he doesn't look at himself as a backup. As Les pointed out, and we know this from behind the scenes, trust me, we know this. Mm -hmm. They drafted him to be a backup. That's what he's talking about. That's what he saw. He, he, He always obviously thought of himself as a starting quarterback, as most people do. Most people are very competitive. So you're right from a a standpoint. Nobody values the backup quarterback more than the Eagles. Exactly. Nobody values. But from his perspective, he doesn't give a, 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 I'm using rat's ass too much today. He doesn't give a rat's ass about the history of this organization. He didn't consider himself a backup quarterback. And he knew he was pigeonholed as a backup quarterback. That was the plan. That's what he's talking about. That's what he's talking about. That's perfectly fine that you're reading Jalen's mind, and you may very well be right, but Jalen Hurts is smarter than that, and he's more well-spoken than that. And if that's what he meant, that's what he should have said. He didn't. He just said, they didn't want me. Uh, No, they wanted you as a backup, as a safety net. And there was always the the potential that something could hit, something could happen, you may get your chance. Oh, that's exactly what happened. And you can become the star that you are. He didn't say it that way yesterday, and he could have. He could have, but again, you're right from a semantic standpoint. You and I get in this all the time. What matters is the sentiment. What matters is the sentiment and his feeling. And he uses it, what he feels disrespect um, for a chip on his shoulder. That, to me, is the more important part than stating it artfully. Maybe he could have stated it more clearly, but in his perspective, uh, uh, pigeonholing him as a backup is something he uses. That's all I'm trying to point out. Uh, understood, but you're acknowledging you have to read into it to come up with that position, correct? Well, I don't because I know. Well, you don't know, John. You don't know. No, I do because I've talked to Jalen. I've talked to Jalen off on the side. I do know, Jody. It's like the same thing. Like, you can believe reporters or not. What what I just thought, I get it all the time. People say with Deshaun Watson and Russell Wilson, they'd like to play this revisionist history game where it says, oh, you guys are just fooled by Howie Roseman. Uh, That didn't really happen. Like, I can't force people to believe reporters. You had Les saying it as well. There's a reason people like me and Les – say the same thing in situations like that. 
we do have information that other people don't have that we can't talk about on now people can believe it or not believe it that's fine i don't care you know that's up to the up to the person but we do have more access than the average person and we do get to talk to these people behind the scenes and get into it jalen you know wasn't happy he was earmarked to be a backup just like carson wentz by the way wasn't happy that they brought in such an accomplished backup an accomplished young backup. It works sort of both ways, but he uses it. And if he uses it and it works, that's only worked out for the Eagles. Correct. So but from, from my standpoint, it's all good. It's not like he, he dislikes the organization, but that original intent bothers him and he uses it. That's all I'm trying to say. Yeah, I never saw him say that about Saban who forced him to transfer to Oklahoma because he chose uh, to a Barloa as him as their starting quarterback. But however it works for Jalen, he's making it work, and he's got the Eagles in the Super Bowl 13 days from now. He's John McMullen. I'm Jody McDonald. Hour down of Birds 365, hour to go, including an appearance from our buddy from NJ.com. Chris Franklin's going to jump in in about 15 minutes here on Birds 365. Go for the beers, go for the cheers, go for the hit and the hits, go for the scene, go for the screens, go for the gallery, go for the win, go to ocean. Ambrosio doesn't need a special event to appreciate his customers. Jeff shows his appreciation to them every day of the year. Jeff makes sure to stock more new inventory than anyone and guarantees prices and payments that nobody can beat. There are so many reasons that thousands of customers know Jeff is the easy, friendly place to do business. More for their trades. No judgment zone for credit issues. The best, most reliable service department in the country. That's why I like Jeff, and I know you will too. Jeff will satisfy you every day. Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown, owner appreciation event. Weather forecasting is a team game. We rely on each other every day, updating the models and passing along new critical information. We have a team of five experienced meteorologists and a specialized weather producer, Paul. Say hi, Paul. Sometimes what I see in the model, Cecily could see something different. That's when we come together as a team to make our most accurate prediction. And all of this backed by more than 100 AccuWeather scientists. It's a team game. And we have the best team in town. greatest fans on earth it's a bold statement but would you expect anything less from philadelphia 
58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Post game show with Seth Joyner. I knew that they had a running game. Derek Gunn. He has put in the effort. Devin Caney. Had we not won the Super Bowl, what would we be saying? And Mike Missanelli. Well, you know how Philly is. Post game, now streaming on the 6ABC family of apps. Got your Mac and Mac guys, Jody McDonald and John McMullen here with you on Birds 365. We appreciate everybody who's already streamed in today. Johnny Mac, I think I saw the number of people streaming in actually hit four digits. Uh, we had surely yeah. never gotten to a thousand people watching at uh, any one time, and we did today. So we thank everybody who already streamed in. You could do us a solid. You, you guys are yeah. taking care of you here, getting prepped for the Super Bowl. You know, you can go ahead and hit that like button, right? And give us a little love leading up to the Super Bowl. That would I'm going to take credit for it, even though it's the Eagles, Jody. But we cracked. Now we get many more on demand. We get, you know, quite a few. um, And thank, thank you to all the listeners out there. But yeah, um, I think we set a record for live viewing. May very well have. I've never seen us get over a thousand before live viewing. Uh, so thanks to everybody who checked on in. And there's one other guy I think we have to thank from an eagle going to the Super Bowl perspective today. And we just kind of questioned him. And and John talked about his reporting on the Eagles' interest in other quarterbacks during the offseason. And I think McMullen is exactly on it. Uh, he's he's certainly knows and has his sources and any 2020 hindsight of, whoa, they never really had interest in Russell Wilson and or Deshaun Watson. All right, you you cling to that, okay? You want to believe that? You don't want to see anything downside about the Eagles this week. Well understood. Keep it all positive. Just put that out of your brain. But John's right. That happened. Um, we got to give Howie Roseman props here. Uh, we oh, know yeah. Sirianni should oh. be coach of the year candidate we know Jalen Hurts came this close to winning an MVP and he's got a face off against Patrick Mahomes the guy who's probably going to take down the award and again much like yesterday's results Nick Sirianni coaching circles around Kyle Shanahan Jalen Hurts is going to get a chance to outplay the guy who's going to win the MVP so we'll see how that plays itself out but think about the 12 months that Howie Roseman has had it was only 12 months ago that the Eagles were walking off the field having been beaten down the same way they beat down their two playoff opponents this year by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in Tampa. Nine and seven, feel good. Hey, we got it going in the right direction season under rookie head coach Nick Sirianni. But it was a nine and seven team that got beat down in the postseason. And now they're two weeks away from playing in the Super Bowl. The Hassan Reddick signing, the trade for A.J. Brown, um, the C.J. Gardner-Johnson signing right before the season, trade with New Orleans, the additions of Sue and uh, Linball. It, it just has gotten better as the year has gotten on. From the yeah. end of the season to the first foray of free agency to the trades that needed to be made around the draft, adding A.J. Brown, to the in-season, all of a sudden, 
Jordan Davis goes down. Oh, you can run against the Eagles. Uh oh, we better get some help in the middle of the line. And he gets Linval Joseph and Dominican Sue off the scrap heap to come in and contribute. Other than, and we'll whisper it. Yeah, he did try and get Russell Wilson and Deshaun Watson. Other than that, what the hell has Howie Roseman done wrong? He is like a, a magic man this uh, last 12 months putting this team together. And I think, uh, just remember, again, you got to turn back history a little bit. It's not all that long ago that Chip Kelly kicked him to the corner and said, no, 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 I, I need yeah. charge of everything. I need to make all the decisions. And Jeffrey Lurie was both foolish enough to give Chip the power but smart enough to say, hey, Howie, please stay with the organization. We'll figure out something for you to do. Yeah. Feel free to go learn from other general managers in other sports across the globe to make yourself a better general manager. But I still love you, Howie. So if you'd be so kind to just stick around, you never know. Maybe you'll get back into the big chair someday. Man, this is a phenomenal story that the Eagles are going through. Yeah, I mean, this guy – and. What some of the biggest heat I've ever taken um, was, you know, when I would say Howie Roseman's a top 10 GM before all this started, before all this started and everything kind of fell into place, I would get killed for it. Um, it but it, it, it's about, you know, and this year kind of disproves my theory almost because everything he's touched has turned to gold practically. But it's it, that doesn't usually happen. And if you think about all the dominoes that have to fall, and we talked, we just talked about the quarterback, but think about wide receiver. You know, if the original plan works and you got Christian Kirk and Jacksonville doesn't overpay him, you get a good, really good player. We've had a great season in Jacksonville, but you don't get AJ Brown. <laughs> You know, we talked about safeties, you and I, leading up to the draft. You and I both love Kyle Hamilton, who had a really good rookie season in Baltimore. Um, and maybe long-term, he turns into the superstar we think he was going to be coming out of Notre Dame. We talked a lot about free agent safeties. They got to get a safety. They got to get a safety. We talked about our old buddy with uh, uh, Chikwaski Tart. Well, Chikwaski Tart used to start for the San Francisco 49ers. You know, if, if if even he showed up and played maybe a modicum well in training camp, maybe they don't go trade for Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. All these dominoes have to fall into place, and they've all fallen into place perfectly. And all, by the way, you don't have to pay the quarterback so you can do these things and pay A.J. Brown $100 million. That all changes when, you, when Jalen Hurts gets his extension. So all these things kind of come together and it's been a dream season for Howie Roseman executive of the year, deservedly. So it's not always going to be like this though, but he's always going to make good decisions. Sometimes they don't work out, you know, because that's, that's the NFL. You know, I say to this day and people laugh at me and I will continue to say to this day, the Eagles made a good decision on Carson Wentz when they signed him to an extension. It was a good contract at the time. We all thought he was a good player. He fell apart. We don't have to re-legislate as to why. There's many reasons. Everything from his, his psyche to his, you know, if you want to say work ethic, not working on his mechanics to the injuries. 
um, the knee injury, the concussion, um, the back injury, all of it sort of a, a cocktail of things went wrong. But in the moment, that was the right decision. It just didn't work out. Um, he's a good GM. He's always been a good GM. Now people will recognize it. And guess what? When it becomes more difficult, they'll hate him again. But right. that's just part of the job. Because he's got his work cut job. out for him with the Eagles contract situations going into next year. He's going to get, if the Eagles win in 13 days, he's going to get to celebrate. We're going to have another parade. Kelsey's going to find a costume to wear. How he's going to get a lot of yeah. props as well he should. But then he's going to have to go back to work, yeah. and it's not going to be easy for him. And by the way, I just thought of another one. Rewind back before Christian Kirk. They had a deal in place to trade for Calvin Ridley. You know, that's who, true. Who is a a a good player, and maybe he'll come back and be a good player, and maybe he'll turn into a great player. But all these things, they were trying to get a receiver, trying to get a receiver, trying to get a receiver. They couldn't get it. They couldn't get it. They couldn't get it. Uh, Allen Robinson, another guy. They couldn't get it. They failed on so many different avenues. In in the case of Ridley, it wasn't their fault. And, and to Atlanta's credit, they didn't leave the Eagles holding the bag. Um, it, it, and then they had to turn to, well, let's go get A.J. Brown. I mean, sometimes the stars align, Jerry. And I will give Howie even further credit. You're right. In the moment – Carson Wentz, what do you achieve? The status of quarterbacks in the league. The Eagles did what they had to do at that time, and they signed it. You get to look at it in 2020 hindsight and go, man, how did they give them that kind of money? It doesn't matter. In the moment, they were right. But maybe the most impressive thing of all was when Howie said, all right, screw it. Even though we're going to take the biggest day. Well, that's Jeffrey. I'm not giving him credit. The- I'm That's Jeffrey Lurie. That Because Jeffrey Lurie has got to approve – You remember Andrew Brandt. You were right about this, Jody. Andrew and I were wrong. Nobody had ever done that before. Nobody had ever in the history of the National Football League signed off on that much dead money. That that was... That was a Jeffrey Lurie. Yeah, but how he had to to bring it to Jeffrey for him to say, okay, fine. If I were the general manager, I don't know that I want to go to the owner and go, yeah, oh, by the way... I want you to eat this contract, the biggest contract eating in the history of the National Football League. Yes, Jeff, please take the egg on your face as the owner and eat this contract. He did it. Now, to Jeffrey's credit as well, we'll share the credit. Oh, Jeffrey absolutely deserves credit. But how he brought it to him and said, yeah, this kind of stinks, but we really need to do it, boss. And he goes, okay. Yeah, if, but if you, you know what, Jody? So- Look. I'm, I give Howie all the credit in the world. I'm the I'm the guy who said it was a top ten GM when I was getting shouted down by reporters in in this fucking city. Excuse my language. I go Jordan Mylata on on Twitter before all this happened. You know Carson kind of forced himself out. The original plan: the, the Eagles were going to run it back with Carson Wentz if if he agreed to Maya culpas and. You know, might have been a competition, as Les pointed out. They might have said, all right, you were so bad, you were going to have to compete with Jalen. But their original plan was they were going to run it back and give it one more chance. And only when he said, no, I don't want anything to do with this, he was going to make it uh, a big problem Did the Eagles ship. And ultimately, Jeffrey Lurie approved the largest dead cap hit in NFL history. And, you know, it only takes one. 
now everybody else, now every GM, because that's what you want to do, right? You don't want to sit and stew for five years in mediocrity mediocrity because you made a mistake. If you have an owner that says, all right, we screwed that one up, let's turn the page, that's very, very helpful. Screwed the pooch, and both uh, Jeffrey Laurie and Harry Roseman admitted to it, took the egg on their face short term, and are now reaping the benefits off to the Super Bowl in 13 days against the Kansas City Chiefs. He's John McMahon. I'm Jody McDonald. Mac and Mac on Birds 365. Coming up next, we'll get our Monday Maven. That would be Chris Franklin. He's been good enough to jump in with us on the day after Eagle Games all year long. He will do so again next here on Birds 365. Go for the beers, go for the cheers, go for the hit and the hits, go for the scene, go for the screens, go for the gallery, go for the win, go to ocean. Ambrosio doesn't need a special event to appreciate his customers. Jeff shows his appreciation to them every day of the year. Jeff makes sure to stock more new inventory than anyone and guarantees prices and payments that nobody can beat. There are so many reasons that thousands of customers know Jeff is the easy, friendly place to do business. More for their trades. No judgment zone for credit issues. The best, most reliable service department in the country. That's why I like Jeff, and I know you will too. Jeff will satisfy you every day. Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown, owner appreciation event. Weather forecasting is a team game. We rely on each other every day, updating the models and passing along new critical information. We have a team of five experienced meteorologists and a specialized weather producer, Paul. Say hi, Paul. Sometimes what I see in the model, Cecily could see something different. That's when we come together as a team to make our most accurate prediction. And all of this backed by more than 100 AccuWeather scientists. It's a team game. And we have the best team in town. greatest fans on earth it's a bold statement but would you expect anything less from philadelphia 58 years of heartache creates a toughness a grit a resolve not found in most sure our prayers were answered but now that we've had a taste we're looking for more pondley hockey official partner of the philadelphia eagles Post game show with Seth Joyner. I knew that they had a running game. Derek Gunn. He has put in the effort. Devin Caney. Had we not won the Super Bowl, what would we be saying? And Mike Missanelli. Well, you know how Philly is. Post game, now streaming on the 6ABC family of apps. 
Great conversation here on Birds 365. You got Mac and Mac and Chris Franklin from NJ.com. Good enough to jump in as he does after Eagle games all year long. Right, at what point yesterday did you know? All right, this game's over. The Eagles going to the Super Bowl, Mr. Franklin. It probably was just before halftime when they f- scored that second touchdown. It was up and made it 21 7. I was like, you know what? Wow, this that is... was late, Chris. That's late. Yeah, yeah. I always see, you never know with the way P teams come back, the weirdest things happen, weird fumbles, refs, what have you. You never know what happens. I'm like, all right, once that happens, I'm like, all right, I, I feel pretty good about I can start writing the, uh, the gamer. <laughs> Yeah, I spent way too much time watching Brock Purdy on the sidelines, probably too much time, because it was Brock Purdy. I think the Eagles were winning in the game anyway, but when it became clear he wasn't coming back, I mean, Josh Johnson, nice story. I put up his his uh, career uh, transaction history, Chris. 23 transactions at 15. <laughs> Not only the NFL, I think it's 14, 15 teams, whatever. But, you know, you got the Sacramento Mountain Lions. On. He's played in every league, the Alliance of American Football, the XFL. I think he was in the old, what was it, United Football League. That might have been. Oh, yeah, the old UFL, like four yeah. teams in there. That used yeah, to be yeah, like yeah. some weird channel as well. Too. You know what they should yeah. do? They should give a, every team just to raise chair, money for charity, whatever. Every team should sign up for a one day contract so you can say he's the first player ever to sign, play with all 30 all teams. 30 teams. Great, I wonder great, if great. Josh has a jersey. You remember that famous uh, Josh McCown? He, he's, he's got a bunch of daughters in there, and they're, them and their friends were, were wearing all the Josh McCown jerseys. Uh, <laughs> with Josh Johnson, you'd need like a, I don't, I don't know, you didn't need like an infantry division to wear all the jerseys. <laughs> uh, he's had in his career it's amazing but yeah bad situation for the 49ers but guess what the Eagles created this situation so I've been throwing this out you've heard it all year Chris the Eagles played nobody blah 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 I maintain a this is the best team I've ever covered and I'm older than you this is this is the best team I've ever covered um and b it's not that they played nobodies. They turned somebody's into nobodies. You know, I have to say this is the best team I've ever covered because I've only been on the beat for three years, and 2020 was bad in 2021. That's an easy one. <laughs> that was the best one. Uh, but uh, when I look at it, I think a lot of times when you look at it, like I know you had the AFC South on your schedule, and that was that division was just a train wreck, dumpster, more like dumpster fire this year, but – you play what it is, and this and this conference it was a down year, but there still were a lot of good teams on that schedule when you look at it. And how many times did you hear people talking about this 49ers team? How many times you see heading into this game, oh, those 49ers are going to be the ones that the Eagles face because they haven't beaten anybody. And then the narrative suddenly shifts to, like this morning, well, you know, the Niners are just uh, bad. They, they, they didn't were ready. They have Purdy and everything else. And that defense was supposed to be the next coming of the 85 Bears. And, you look at it, and I think overall, when you look at the other teams on the schedule, I thought the Eagles did a decent job. And I I, I understand sometimes you need to – some plays need to shift because of the actual matchup. They want to make things interesting. But to me, that schedule thing, you can't – to me, you couldn't use it, I think, especially By after the way, playoffs, real so. quick before you jump in, Jody, that, that defense was good. I mean, Fred Warner looked phenomenal early. You know, he had the stinger, and then he came back. You could see, oh, this guy can play. And Drake Greenlaw, only after they got frustrated 
it was 7-7 when McCaffrey had that great run. They were playing well defensively. I thought that defense was as advertised. And then they had that drive after the McCaffrey. It was that long, whatever it was, 14, 15 play drive. They had three defensive penalties on that right. drive. That's what disappointed me the most about, we talk about Tamika Rhines looks like he's going to get the Houston job over Jonathan Gannon. So sorry, Eagles fans, but JG's going to be back. Um, and I say that facetiously because he's done a <laughs> phenomenal job. Um, they were undisciplined, man. That that that's what disappointed me. But they're talented on the defensive side, right? But doesn't that count too? Yeah. Oh you yeah. Judge the entire game. They had sequences where they looked like the best defense in football. I still oh, believe course. they're the best tackling defense in football. But how does Demico Ryan's let them come into that game and be as unfocused as they were? Well, I'm sure D'Amico wasn't saying, hey, go be an idiot. I mean, you know. If you I mean, give them credit for all the plays they make, you got to hold them accountable for all the mistakes well, they make. Well, I'm, right? I'm not one. I realize, and, and and Chris knows, JG says it all the time. I'm not the one on the field. Those guys got to go out there and, and execute. I mean, you teach them. I'm sure. I know D'Amico from when he was here. Really high football IQ. Um. I'm sure he was he I'm sure he teaches them correctly, but when you're playing a good team, sometimes you lose it and you get frustrated. I think that's kind of what happened to the 49ers defense. Chris? Yeah, I think overall when you look at I think it also ultimately goes to the head coach too. Cause if anything, when you oh, started man. to see if you started going like when they started getting those penalties or anything, I, if I'm Shanahan, I'm going over and talk to them real quick and go, you know what? What's going on here? And especially when you start seeing some of the pushing and shoving and the way, because you know the refs are always going to go in and go, they're going to have their ways. And they usually warn the coaches too, like next time someone such such this or someone does that, we're going to flag you. I don't know if that happened. To to be fair, I don't know if that happened to if they said it to either side, but I put that on Shanahan too. Shanahan had to go calms down, even if it's during one of the breaks, he gathered the team together, say, "Listen, we're not playing them to focus ball," and you were still in that game for periods of time, a long period of time. And then when it unraveled, and it was bad. It was yeah. bad overall. Yeah. You know, we talked about it here on Bird 365 last week, the coaching matchup. Entire staff against entire staff. 49ers staff against Eagles staff. Pretty damn close. Oh, it didn't play that way. The Eagles staff well outcoached the 49ers yesterday. So instead of just beating the snot out of the 49ers staff, which we can, uh, let's give credit to the Eagles staff, which had – a great game plan in place, specifically on the defense with Jonathan Gannon, who after the game on the field said to a reporter, I'm not going anywhere. I'm staying here in Philadelphia. Was he just caught up in the moment or does he know something that maybe everybody else doesn't know? I think it was one of those things where they said to me, he probably knows to me, has the job. I think it just doing too many rumblings and even members like the, he starts seeing the tweets of, well, if Marquez Manuel is available, it was not like when you see what even was Carolina, but I think overall, I think when you start hearing leaks about who's going to join the staff, it's pretty much decided at that point. So, yeah, he was like, well. All right, so let me, hop in, let me hop in and ask this question of both you guys. If that's the case, if you're the owner of the uh, Houston Texans and yesterday happened, the two guys who you're debating about are facing each other 
both very talented rosters. You just go by the stats, 49ers slight edge for the regular season. And one coach and one team blatantly outplayed the other on their side of the football. Why do you hire the lesser guy? How do you hire D'Amico Ryans rather than Jonathan Gannon after watching yesterday's game if you're the owner of the Houston Texans? I don't know. And, they were, and when you look at the final regular season stats, they was only one yard separating both. I yeah. would have said whoever was the one. Uh, nine yards yeah. separated. <laughs> <laughs> so you're looking like, okay, I, I would have made that to the fact of whoever wins gets the job. I know it's tough because I know you got the senior yeah. bowl and all the other stuff coming up, but still, you need – I don't get that one, but – who knows? Maybe they go, hey, uh, oh, something came up. Uh, yeah, D'Amico, uh, why Why is he left why on red now? <laughs> you know, well, hey, you know, I'll defend Houston on one carry. It's not about one game. I mean, you know, it's about a larger sample size. But I I will say, from what I heard, maybe we can get uh, John McClain on uh, to talk about Houston in the offseason. But, you know, it was a McNair decision they wanted D'Amico. Remember, D'Amico has a history with that organization. He was a tremendous player down here, down there before he came here. Um, and and the GM wanted Jonathan Gannon, Nick Cesario. They have a history together, and the owner wins. So, um, you know, I think it had more to do with D'Amico's history with Houston, and. Sometimes owners make bad decisions. I don't know. I think D'Amico's a good coach, too. I, I don't think you could have went wrong either way. But I'm not going to say he's a bad coach because San Francisco got frustrated. They did get frustrated. It's disappointing. But, I mean, I can't say, all right, the winner of this game is going to be head coach. I think you're doing a disservice in that situation. And I'm the biggest Jonathan Gannon fan in the world. I would have hired Gannon. But, you know. What, and, what do and I know? Oh, by the way, just so I'm on the record, I think McNair screwed up, not because he chose D'Amico. If he does, cho- cho- chooses D'Amico Ryan's over Jonathan Gannon. I would have hired Shane Steichen because they need an offensive coach in the worst way. They don't need another defensive coach. They continue to hire a defensive coach, and they can't get out of their own damn way. That's where he made the mistake, not in who he chose as the new defensive head coach of the The good news for the Eagles, it looks, there's still room to go. It looks like they're going to be able to keep this coaching staff together, which is amazing. Amazing, Chris Franklin. What's going on with the stupidity of this league? I I think the quarter, I I still think there's a guy like a Petullo could become an offensive coordinator somewhere. I would be surprised Denard gets at least another interview. That was... I thought he would be a uh, defensive coordinator by now. I really thought, but it's going to be somebody who's, who's pro- you don't see often, but somebody who's going to be given a shot. I still think Brian Johnson would be a, a good candidate to be yeah. see somewhere. But yeah, yeah when you look at, you got your coordinators, a team that's finished in the top five on both sides and neither of them get a job. I'm like, it's, it's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Maybe right. the patience is a problem because you know, sometimes these bad organizations don't want to wait till after the Super Bowl. Um, that, you know, as you go longer, that can play into it. But we got a lot of time to talk about offseason stuff. The Eagles got a game on the horizon, the Andy Reid Bowl, Chris Franklin, the Kelsey Bowl, the New Heights Podcast Bowl, a lot of narratives in this game. Um, clearly... Uh, with Patrick Mahomes, even Patrick Mahomes on a high ankle sprain, 
is probably the Eagles' most difficult test. But I look at these two teams and say the Eagles are the more talented team than Kansas City. Agree or disagree? I think there's a slight edge offensively when you look at proven offensive starters, especially on the edge skill position-wise. I think that's about – I think they're about even. The thing about Mahomes that worries me, even on a hobbled ankle, is he can throw for so many arm slots and get that ball out quickly with a snap of the wrist that it could be – like you you look at that pass rush, you're like, you know Hassan – you know, I I think the Eagles can get a lot of pressure on him, but it's going to be a matter of with with Mahomes, even if he's – he should be a little bit healthier when they finally meet and see him getting that ball out quickly and in a short game to guys like Moore and Pachenko and, and everything else, and especially Kelsey in the, in the middle of the field. So that's, that has Kelsey's got a big test with Chris Jones. That guy can play, but you know what? I say this every time I said it with Nick Bosa, I got to stop saying the Eagles are going to have issues with deep. They just don't, they just don't. <laughs> Chris Jones looks unbelievable against everybody else he looked unbelievable against kansas city again jason kelsey's gonna block him i said the same thing about dexter lawrence dexter lawrence wrecked the minnesota game the wild card game i didn't even know he was on the field against (laughs) against the eagles i this offensive line is something else i think it starts there with the eagles with all due respect to jalen hurts jonathan gannon in the defense this offensive line is ridiculous. Yeah, it, it, all, it all goes back to Stoutland. I thought it was pretty interesting. When, like for most of when I was talking to most of the guys in the locker room, yes, last night, there's even a moment where you saw Brandon Graham. He was in the middle of talking to us, and then he saw Stout walking by, and he stopped all of us and started to go, just go, hey, like Stout, 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 because he didn't see it and I'll appreciate. He had like I'll get him like and, and thanking him when I was talking to my lot of he talked. When you hear they all really, really value not only the type of player, that fiery, grizzled offensive line coach, but what he does setting up this off of the protections in that run game. And you can see it's apparent. The Eagles, whatever, if somebody ever tries to throw a bunch of money toward him, Lurie has to throw whatever he can to keep it because that's that's going to be a successful offense. We thought he was going back to Alabama. Um, Um. who is that college football reporter who gets everything? Um, Ford. Uh, um, anyway, I'll try to think of his name. He reported <laughs> he was going back to Alabama when Doug got fired. Um, yeah. And the Eagles said, uh-uh, no, 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 no. So they, already, <laughs> they already upped the ante. He's one of the highest paid assistant coaches in the NFL, and deservedly so. Let, let me ask you guys, since you're down there all the time, Friedman. you know. By the way, do Friedman. you know if any team has ever approached him to be an offensive coordinator? Does Stoutland even want that? Doesn't want to do it. Doesn't want to he do it. He just wants to him. stick with his offense, his Stoutland University offensive line, and that's that's enough for him. Three or four years ago, I talked to him about that because you know I yeah, it's usual that people have that sort of. Uh, you know, want to move forward in their careers. And and Jeff, I think, is 60 now, somewhere somewhere around that age. And he was he was an interim head coach. Um where I'm trying to look it up. Uh, Miami. 
He was the interim head coach in 2010. And he kind of, you know, said he didn't like it. He didn't like it. And, and he started coaching offensive line. And he just loved it. He loved it. And he said he doesn't want to do anything else. Now, he's also the run game coordinator. Um, so he does have other avenues. But, yeah, he's one of those guys. Jim Johnson was that way. He didn't want to become a head coach. He was just happy. It's very rare, but occasionally it happens. And evidently, um, that's his feeling. And, you know, I think, honestly, more head co- uh, more assistant coaches should think that way. <laughs> you know, <laughs> but then again, a lot of it is the ambition and the money because, obviously, if you're a head coach, you get paid much more. So as guys get paid more, maybe if they value assistant coaches more, maybe it would be more like that. Well, you can't, you can't, uh, I don't think you can question and or knock anybody for wanting to advance their career. You just have to kind of shrug your shoulders and go, Hey, Eagles are lucky. They've got the best offensive line coach, certainly in football. Now, maybe one of the best of all time. And he's good with being an offensive line coach. The Eagles just have to smile and grin and say, thank you. Uh, and let us keep Stoutland university open. Let's fund that university and make sure we keep it open for years to come. All right. Andy Reid versus the Eagles this week. There's going to be a lot of different ways this will be broken down and looked at and the like. The relationship between Andy Reid and Jeff Flory seemed to be okay even when they parted ways and Andy was told, yeah, we're going to go in a different direction. Um, They've certainly commented on each other. I'm sure they've talked to each other, not necessarily on the record or in front of cameras. How does the Lori Reid relationship play this week leading up to the Super Bowl, Chris? I can see it. It'll still be the same thing. We, it'll be one of those friendlies. Hey, guys, we hope you do well. I'm glad to see you here behind the scenes. All right, we gotta beat them. We gotta beat them. We just want, we, we just want that Lombardi Trophy. One of those, in one of those ways. So they, they still talk, talk here and there. I would surprise the owner when it comes to the league meetings oh, stuff yeah. like that. Or every time they they're looking for a high. coach, they go, "Oh, we can't get this guy. We can't." Let's see what Andy thinks. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Hey, Andy. Hey, Hey, when well, especially that's Doug Peterson going here. Hey, what do you? You should really take a look at that. Oh yeah, we'll do it. Thanks, and then look what happens. So, yeah, I think they're, they're going to take it really the lightly. It's, it's that friendly. It's be a friendly rivalry coming up this week, and yeah, it's going it's going to be fun to watch. But yeah, it's behind closed doors. We got to beat this guy. We need to prove that we're right on this one. Yeah, it is, and you know, I often put up point out, and I think you know, for whatever reason. There are not a lot, but there are certain fans that kind of disrespect Andy because he never was able to win a Super Bowl here. But boy, man, when you talk about the Eagles from when the day he got here to right now, kind of take out the Chip Kelly era because that was their one mistake. Everything they do is based on Andy Reid. Their whole foundation the whole way they run their organization, if fans don't realize this, is directly related to what Andy Reid brought to this organization. So in a lot of ways, he's he as as I said, he is that foundation of their success. And they know it, by the way. Jeffrey knows it, how he knows it. Um, and they've taken it and they've run with it. And you've seen what he's done. In Kansas City, he's been there 10 years now. Amazing. He was here for 14 years, 10 years. And and get this. I mentioned this to Les Bowen earlier, Chris. You probably know this, but I'll throw it out there. 
if he wins the Super Bowl, he's already the all-time winningest coach in Eagles history. He will tie and become the all-time winningest coach in Kansas City history. So many interesting storylines in this Super Bowl. And again, I bring up the Kelseys and everything else. Um, this is a dream Super Bowl. Was this a conspiracy that the NFL wanted to get us here? <laughs> I was trying to think of the sound bites that happened because if he had a, I, I in a way I kind of wanted to see Burrow versus Hurts. Just you got that the new school, the couple of the new school new school quarterbacks that are coming well, up. Patrick's in the last couple still of years. pretty young. It's just he's yeah. good. He's been around so while so long yeah. now. He's been so good. It's like all right, cool. Oh no! In, but, in yeah. case you didn't see. <laughs> This is the youngest matchup of two quarterbacks ever in the Super Bowl. Yeah, certainly yeah. this past week, yeah. the championship game with Purdy on one side and Hurts on the other. It was easily the youngest quarterback matchup in a championship game. Still, even though Mahomes it seems like he's been around for a while, this is the youngest quarterback matchup in the history of the Super Bowl. Yeah, he's only 27 yeah. years old. Um, and obviously. <laughs> I mean, all the deep playoff runs, what are they, at five consecutive championship games? Um, yeah, he's 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 amazing. He's amazing. Um, and even on one leg, um, he's got, you know, I got, I don't know if I ever told you guys this story, but, it, you know, freezing cold takes. I got, uh, I got freezing cold taked about my pre-draft, uh, I probably told you, Jody. I don't know if I told you, Chris. For my Patrick Mahomes, I said he's a mechanical mess. I was watching film. I maintain I'm right. He's a mechanical mess. He is (laughs) the equivalent. I've always compared him to Steph Curry in basketball. Like if you're that's good. Yeah. If 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 you're a youth basketball coach, and you you know this, Jody, you were a youth, you played basketball. You're not teaching your kids to play like Steph Curry. <laughs> You're not teaching your kids to pull up from 30 feet and, and oh, good shot. Uh, no, there's one guy in the world that can play like Steph Curry. There's one guy in the world. You talked about all the arm angles and all the nuttiness and the no look pass. Who thought no look passes? Yeah, that's good mechanics. <laughs> Nobody can do it. But Patrick Mahomes. Right. but And when you're a talent evaluator, you can't worry about what kind of influence he's going to have on a younger player that he's going to lead him astray because he does it differently. You just have to evaluate how does he make the play. He does it differently. He does it against the norm. It doesn't matter. As long as he makes the play, that's all that matters. And that's what Patrick Mahomes is doing for five years in the National Football League since he got in. Just, yeah, he's the best quarterback in football. Six. I was just looking it up. Uh, so he's 12 wins, 11 wins, 14 wins, 12 wins, 14 wins. Uh, this will be a second MVP. All the championship games. Got a chance at the second Super Bowl. All that said, Chris Franklin, it's not Patrick Mahomes against Jalen Hurts. It's the Kansas City Chiefs against the Philadelphia Eagles. I think the Eagles have the deeper, more well-rounded team. Am I incorrect? It's just about just about right, and it's a, isn't it like it feels like it's an eerie, eerily similar script that we're heading into, and then like we did five years ago. And the fact that I can see right now the night the night before Super Bowl when they have the big NFL honors and MVPs announced, and we find out it was Patrick Mahomes over 
Jalen Hurts, and then all the accolades are going to go to the Chiefs, and everybody's going to be talking Chiefs, 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 Chiefs. And I think it's going to be, I think the Eagles might get lost in that a little bit too. And then what you talk to a couple of guys, they took that as disrespectful. Like a lot of people talking about the vaunted Chiefs offense, where people are going to go, you know, you, you know, you're going to hear it. Jalen Hurts, you know, well, he he didn't put up the big passing numbers or anything like that. Oh uh, yeah, he had he only threw for what yesterday, Chris? Twenty something. One twenty one. Oh, he can't. Yeah. And it's going to go to the fact where it's they're going to use that. They're going to slip that. Use that as motivation, and think you're going to see that little fire. They come out a little bit strong coming out there. So they're pretty evenly matched. But I think it's going to be a little intangible things like that that I think that uh, that they're going to be interesting to watch and see how they play. All right, let me put the two quarterbacks aside for a second, Chris, with my last question. There are three guys on the Philadelphia Eagles that were procured while Andy Reid was here, and that would be Jason Kelsey, Brandon Graham, Fletcher Cox. Still here after all these years of Andy being the guy to go out and put him in Eagle Green. Of those three guys, which one is the key to keeping the Eagles on task. I think one of the the things that the Eagles have done better than any other football team in the National Football League this year, and Sirianni gets a lot of credit for it, for for me, is they have not looked ahead. They've stayed in the moment. They've only worried about the next game each and every single week. There's only one more game, so they don't even have to worry about looking past anything this week. So it's only one game. But which of their Andy Reid-acquired veteran guys is the key guy in the locker room leading up to the Super Bowl? I think, see, a lot of it's going to be, uh, I think a lot of people say Jason Kelsey when you look at just the offensive line, but I think it's going to be Brandon Graham. I think you need somebody to get a little nastiness. I think he needs somebody to get that little edge. Somebody, how about you hope he doesn't bring it in the coin toss like he did? The oh, he's going to bring it the coin toss. <laughs> By the way, Kelsey was great talking about the coin toss last week. That, like, was, it was great. that was funny. Yeah. <laughs> that was fun. you don't have to go against them, but yeah, I think you need it. I think you need a little bit like that. I think you need to build that defensive line to a fervor and start to get them really, really amped up. Starting to get them feel like, hey, you know what? Okay, we're going to go after them. We're going to keep on coming after them relentlessly with two lines to keep it away. So, I look at that as being like, you know what? Since you only have one game, you have to look forward to. Yeah, having Brandon Graham start to go off and let that go, especially to the younger guys. Yeah, I think I think that's the guy I'm looking toward. All right, last one from me, at C. Franklin News. Make sure you follow Chris on Twitter, nj.com. He's everywhere. I mean, Lehigh Valley Live, Times of Trenton, South Jersey Times. You can read them everywhere um, in the Delaware Valley. Kenny Gainwell, a lot of garbage time. But, man, a lot of production. What do I make of it? Like, they blew out the Giants, and he's running all over the place in the second half. They blew out the 49ers, but he's really effective. And he's, he looks like he's got a lot of juice. He looks like, you know, he didn't play much this year. It was a little bit disappointing. All of a sudden, he's showing up uh, in the postseason. Garbage time, or should I make something of it? I think you should make something of it because I look at this I look at this three-pronged rushing attack, and you see the way that it's effective now. He's making it more effective, in my opinion, because you don't have to give Sanders as many snaps as you have to. You can allow him to still be fresher and, and as impactful as you give beforehand. Same with Boston Scott. And I think the biggest key that I've seen from Gainwell is he's looked a little bit more patient when he's running through those holes. Beforehand, he used to run like a bat out of hell going, okay, I'm going to go right where Kelsey and Dickerson are going. I'm just going to run that way. And then 
into a line. He didn't let those holes develop. And now you see the patience to me. I see the patience, and that's going along with his ability to catch the ball at the backfield. Now you're starting to see the game well that we thought we'd see him develop into and the role that we thought he should develop, and he's becoming effective in that. So I think it's just it comes with the experience a little bit and the patience and being on the sideline, seeing how this offense can, can operate, you know, if you just wait just a couple seconds and let things develop. Chris Franklin, you have been very good to us all season long. And even though next Monday it won't be after an Eagle game, it'll be leading up to the Super Bowl. Can we count on you to join us again no, next he Monday? He might be traveling at that point. I don't well, know. We'll I'll be uh, I'll be in Arizona. I'll be in there. Uh, yeah, I'm leaving. Uh, I'll be in Arizona at times. So, yeah, depending on that one, too. I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll keep the arm warm. I'll be in the bullpen ready to go. But in the if bullpen. I, if, if, and, I'll be ready to go. And if you can't, you're going to blame uh, <laughs> on the elbow like Brock Purdy. Hey, I can't throw, yeah. coach. I'll go in. I'll UCL. play, but I just can't throw. Yeah. Uh, I, I couldn't feel where my takes were taking me. I couldn't feel where they are going, so they know I just had to hand the ball off to you guys. <laughs> if we can, we'd love to punch up next Monday if uh, you're in transit and or out in Arizona already. We'll understand that. Thank you very much, buddy. And uh, no, you will be back on Birds 365 sometime soon, maybe as early as next Monday. Thanks, bud. Thank nice. you, guys. Appreciate it. Have a good one now. Chris Franklin, NJ.com, here with us on Birds 365. All right. Two things for you guys still streaming in with us. Thank you very much. Uh, number one, don't go anywhere because we got to come back and put a ball on the show. And number two, go ahead and hit that like button one more time before you get out of Dodge today. Mac and Mac coming back here on Birds 365. Go for the beers, go for the cheers, go for the hit and the hits, go for the scene, go for the screens, go for the gallery, go for the win, go to Ocean. Ambrosio doesn't need a special event to appreciate his customers. Jeff shows his appreciation to them every day of the year. Jeff makes sure to stock more new inventory than anyone and guarantees prices and payments that nobody can beat. There are so many reasons that thousands of customers know Jeff is the easy, friendly place to do business. More for their trades. No judgment zone for credit issues. The best, most reliable service department in the country. That's why I like Jeff, and I know you will too. Jeff will satisfy you every day. Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown, owner appreciation event. Weather forecasting is a team game. We rely on each other every day, updating the models and passing along new critical information. We have a team of five experienced meteorologists and a specialized weather producer, Paul. Say hi, Paul. Sometimes what I see in the model, Cecily could see something different. That's when we come together as a team to make our most accurate prediction. And all of this backed by more than 100 AccuWeather scientists. It's a team game. And we have the best team in town.
the greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement, but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Post-game show with Seth Joyner. I knew that they had a running game. Derek Gunn. He has put in the effort. Devin Caney. Had we not won the Super Bowl, what would we be saying? And Mike Missanelli. Well, you know how Philly is. Post-game, now streaming on the 6ABC family of apps. Mac and Mac gonna wrap this bad boy up. We've only got uh, nine more shows to dissect the Eagles against the Chiefs leading into Super Bowl 57. Should be fun. I, Johnny Mac, you're the man with the finger on the pulse of the Eagles schedule. I was just poking and hoping that Chris Franklin uh-huh. could join us next Monday. The Eagles haven't scheduled anything yet, have they? Uh, no. Um, but the, uh, the Super Bowl schedule is out. Media Day is Monday, uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. There's access with the players of both teams. Um, I'm doing this off the top of my head. But, yeah, I mean, that that's done well in advance. As for this week, with the Eagles and Bill, no, nothing. Nothing, nothing yet. Right. We don't have a schedule yet. But, yeah, the Super Bowl stuff is league. So, you know that's league generate. That's in that's in place for weeks and weeks and weeks. So uh, next week we may have uh, some issues trying to schedule guys because that's one bad thing about the game being in Arizona. I mean, for those of you that are heading out, made your plans. Nice place to be in February. Although she was fifty two degrees at kickoff yesterday, it's not all that bad a winter here in Philadelphia. It's, it'd be nice to get away in February and enjoy yourself, but. It is a different time zone, which is going to make Birds 365 that much more difficult. Somehow we'll suck it up and get it done because it is the Super Bowl we're talking about. And the Eagles will be playing Andy Reid and the Kansas City Chiefs, which should be uh, phenomenal. All right. Uh, so uh, Sirianni is or isn't going to talk today? He's not uh, scheduled? Um, it, uh, good question. Um, last time they had the bye week, he pushed it till Tuesday. So that might be the case, but I can't tell you for a hundred percent just yet. Uh, but last last time leading up to the Giants game, they he pushed it back to to Tuesday. Tuesday. So. That's what I figured, which means it won't be a happy Tuesday; it'll be a happy Wednesday when you get a chance to talk to coordinators if they're going to push that back as well. And well, they got two weeks; they can play their cards however they want. Uh, partner, well played today by you. Thank you very much. I say we try this again tomorrow. You in? Let's do it. Super Bowl. Mac and Mac guys, right back here on Birds 365 in two and two. You've been listening to Birds 365. 
the destination for the passionate Eagles football fan who bleeds green. If it's Eagles football, we're talking about it. Debate inside the locker room and guests that are some of the greatest football minds from around the region. We hope you enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on social media at Jacob Sports. See you next time on Birds 365. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.